Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. On this episode, we talk about the people we most often forget to care for, ourselves. Why is self-care important? Can it really affect our health? And how do we squeeze it into our crazy lives? Hey, Lonre. Hey, Lisa. How have things been? Well, we are five months into this pandemic. (laughs) Unbelievable. Hard to believe, right? And I have heard from many people that they feel like they're approaching burnout, understandably. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime, very stressful experience that has changed Mm -hmm. almost everything about how we live and has created new and incredibly difficult challenges. Like, I barely recognize our formal se- former selves who cheerfully lounged around crowded restaurants and sometimes got on fully booked planes to go places. <laughs> oh, yes. When I see old pictures from like, you know, six months ago with the crowd of people I'm like, why are they all standing so close to each other? Oh, right. It's because this was in the before times, as we call it, right. when people did that kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Are those people naked? Oh, no, they're just without masks. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> the goalpost you know, has shifted. Totally, totally. But, you know, given that, sadly, this is likely to keep going on for some time, we've we've got to do what we can to protect not just our physical health, but our mental health so that we mm. can make it through the long haul. So that's why we wanted to spend this episode talking about self-care. Right. And even let's start with it. You know, first, why is self-care important? There's actually a lot of science behind self-care. Um, I think the first place for us to start is just to recognize that if we don't care for ourselves, we can't care for those who depend on us. Or, you know, our physical health can be damaged, making us even more susceptible to things like coronavirus. Right. It's that whole idea of put your own oxygen mask on first, right? Exactly. It's it's That's a very relevant principle. And additionally, our mental health can be impacted without self-care. And that can cause permanent damage and affect how well we can do our jobs or care for our loved ones. And we can also affect how our children learn to deal with stress and how they learn to care for themselves. Um, causing a cycle that perpetuates through generations. And that cycle could be good or it could be bad. Absolutely. And there are even, you know, the health effects of not having That's enough right. self-care um, and lots of red flags to look for. You know, for example, chronic stress can actually suppress the immune system and increase susceptibility to some kinds of cancer, increase glucocorticoid production from chronic stress, those are stress hormones, um, can also lead to increased rates of depression. And there are studies even looking at stress in childhood that shows that chronic stress in childhood can increase your risk of things like heart disease and diabetes, things that you may not actually expect um, as you age. Um, You have higher risk of that from having chronic stress even as a child. Right, that's sobering, you know? And fight or flight hormones can also cause physical and chemical changes. They can cause changes in the hippocampus, which is the area of of the brain responsible for memory. 
Um, it can cause changes in the prefrontal cortex, which is where decision making and personality expression take place. Um, and it can they can cause changes in the amygdala, which is the area for emotional response. So all these areas, which I think we would all argue are critical parts of the brain, um, they can see changes due to consistent, repeated exposure to these stress hormones, and those changes may not reverse if the stress is chronic. And we don't know really where that line is, so it's all the more reason to to really address this. Yeah, I think that's so that's so interesting and so frightening. I think we often do think about how stress, you know, affects like your sleep and that sort of thing. But sure. it's also affecting your body, your brain in very measurable ways. And as you're saying, may not even reverse if the stress mm -hmm. is chronic. And there are you know lots of red flags to look at or to look for within yourself to maybe think about, you know, is stress kind of getting control of your health? So are you having trouble focusing, you know, or do you feel like you're having anxiety that's you know, spiraling out of control? Or are you feeling hopeless about you know, current and future situations? Are you having some addictive behaviors, you know, starting to rely on substances to try to stay calm or to seek happiness? And um, if any of those things are happening, we definitely would encourage you to seek medical attention right away. And you don't have to feel like you have all the answers. Just asking for help is all you need to do. And, you know, the right medical professional can point you in the right direction. That's absolutely right. And really, a red flag is not necessarily a symptom that's on a list, but anything that is causing you undue concern. Um, there's no reason mm -hmm. to be to be worried that your medical provider wouldn't understand that, especially now. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, we always have to say, too, for really serious um, concerns such as suicidal thoughts or other emergencies, you must seek help immediately by either calling 911 or, in the United States, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is one 800 273 8255. And we'll link that in the show notes as well. Great. And you know, let's talk about the types of self-care. So how do we actually try to you know reduce our risk of all of those health effects? So we'll talk about some physical self-care and mental emotional self-care and then some projects that you could maybe think about during this time. Uh, so first with physical types of self-care, um, some of these are things that you have heard time and time again. So like having a balanced diet um, and drinking lots of water um, and a balanced diet, meaning you know, mostly proteins, fruits and vegetables, limiting you know, things like carbs as much as we all love chocolate. But, you know, chocolate has some milk in it. So it could be a protein. Yes. Oh, no? I, yeah. No? I think we could argue that case. I, to our deaths, we could probably argue that case. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, of course, getting you know, adequate sleep. And that includes having a nighttime routine, you know, trying to do about the same thing every night and going to bed at about the same time each night. Um, and then really trying to not have any screens in bed, no scrolling through social media you know, to try to fall asleep. Um, exercising daily, if possible, uh, stretching or yoga, you know, those are all really good things sort of physically to do. Now, granted, is there anyone who can do all of those things all the time. I have Where yet to you? meet that person. <laughs> <Come coach> yes, <laughs> yes, really. Um, but, you know, if if you're not that unicorn that can do all of those things all the time, maybe just try to focus on one at a time or two at a time and give yourself some grace for the rest of it. 
you know, if you're you know, running around chasing your kids all day, maybe that's the exercise that you'll get. And having, you know, a healthy breakfast and lunch is all you can focus on for that week. You know, and that is all fine. You know, everything counts in terms of what we do towards self-care. That's right. And, you know, other types of physical self-care include getting in some outdoor time. And if you have a national park in your backyard or you only have a porch, whatever it is, outdoors is outdoors. But if you are one of those people with a national park in your backyard, maybe you can invite us all over whenever yes. this is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also remember that smoking um, is still something that should be avoided more so now than ever uh, because when it comes to COVID, one of the primary body systems that's attacked is the pulmonary system. And we are seeing increased rates of tobacco and marijuana smoking during the shutdown. And that's actually making people more susceptible to permanent lung damage should they be unfortunate enough to be infected by the virus. Oh, yeah. So definitely uh, taking time to pay attention to some of those physical self-care um, ideas is great. And then also thinking about our mental and emotional um, things that we can do. So, of course, physical self-care can also boost your mental health, um, but there's even more that we can do to support a healthy emotional state. So things like, again, maintaining routines um, and then focusing on what you can control, you know, which mm-hmm. right now is not everything. And that's and that's OK. But what are things that you can impact things you know, that on a smaller level that you might be able to control? Also, things like using technology to maintain relationships. You know, if you have access to video chatting, you know, that that can be a way to maintain relationships Maybe not the same as seeing people in person and, and chatting in smaller, large groups, but um, at least, you know, get to feel a little bit more connected than right. not seeing people at all. Right. Aren't we lucky this is happening in 2020 and not 1990? Oh, right. Right. <laughs> Which felt, feels like so long ago. But really, <laughs> <laughs> the technology has definitely morphed into same such a does. short time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, being judicious about media intake, it's totally acceptable and maybe encouraged to take social media breaks here and there. You know, if you find yourself getting sure. more anxious as you're scrolling through your feed, um, then maybe it's time to kind of just shut it down for a couple of days and um, and come back to it at a time when you might not be feeling as anxious or, or depressed about what you're seeing online. And then, of course, when it comes to media use, definitely, you know, using reliable sources can be Mm -hmm. part of your self-care plan. So to make sure that what you are reading is factual. Uh, And then for some tips on that, see our episode 10, where we kind of break down how you figure out if what you're reading or listening to is truth or if it's, you know, fake news or not factual. That's right. And, you know, this is also a time if you are a member of a faith tradition or community, this is a time to rely on your faith. Um, That can be really beneficial for your your mental and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, look for ways to help. We know that when it seems like the world is going crazy around us. It's it's uh, historically always been really helpful to be helpful. Um, and there are so many causes and people that need our help right now. So there's mm-hmm. no shortage of ways that you could make a, a positive impact. Um, and, you know, remain calm in front of children uh, insofar as that's possible, you know, while also showing them that emotions are normal. Parents and caregivers are human. It is OK to be upset by a pandemic. (laughs) Um, But as much as you can model healthy management of those emotions for children, uh, the better it'll be for both of you. 
and be realistic about expectations. When we are in the middle of a historic world event, this is not the time necessarily to maintain all our standards at a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the time, like Lonry said, to give ourselves some grace and to be realistic about just how great you know, your cooking may be if you are trying to work a full-time job and teach three children from home. I mean, something has to give. And so, you know, Yeah, that's when the forgiving. cooking is done by the local pizza restaurant. <laughs> right, exactly. <Supporting laughs> or the cans yes. in the pantry. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and just like try hard not to be judgmental towards yourself or others. Um, and, and Ultimately, seek therapy if needed. There's no shame in seeking out counseling or therapy. There are excellent resources online. Uh, You may have to go through two or three counselors before finding someone that clicks with you, but there's no question that this can be really, really helpful, not just for your mental health, but also how you're able to sort of um, anticipate going through the coming months where a lot of our challenges are are still going to be here and will be um, maybe largely unchanged. Mm Mm-hmm. And one piece of advice that I give to patients often is if you have considered seeking therapy, then you should do it. You know, if (laughs) it's it's like crossed your mind, if you thought maybe it'll be helpful, then give it a try. You know, there's some people I think wait for that like magic moment, that aha moment that it's like, now I'm ready. (laughs) But really, if if it's crossed your mind, if you thought that it might be helpful, then it's definitely worth seeking out. And and as Lisa said, it may not be that very first visit where everything kind of comes together and you figure it all out with your therapist. You might need a couple of therapists or a few visits um, to really feel like it's starting to help. Uh, So we talked about some physical self-care and some emotional self-care. And here's some other things that are a little bit more kind of out of the box, but some projects maybe that you can consider during this time. Um, The first is decluttering. So I don't know about you, but I feel like when my desk starts getting cluttered or, you know, like the laundry hasn't been put away immediately, you just you start to feel a little like claustrophobic, right? Um, like you're drowning, like you're drowning in the papers or, you know, whatever it may be. So taking a few minutes just to like neaten things up, declutter, you know, your life, I think, can go a long way. Um, And Sometimes just a little bit at a time. Not everyone has a whole day to be able to do like spring cleaning, you know, every month, but um, a little bit might go a long way. Um, Also, trying new recipes in your rotation for the family. Uh, Sometimes that just kind of jazzes things up, having something new in the week. Um, And we'll share a few of our favorites in the show notes for you all. Some sweet, some savory. Hope you enjoy those. And also definitely, you know, and sending some encouraging messages to your network, to your friends and family. Um, I love getting those surprise kind of just encouraging text um, and sending those to others is even a boost to your own mental health. Um, so knowing that hopefully you're bringing some happiness to someone else can kind of boost your mood as well. Right. You never know when, you know, that random text that you send could be exactly what somebody else needed to mm-hmm. read at that moment. Um, yeah, and this is also a great time to look into finding new podcasts. Obviously, Laundry and I are podcast fans, <laughs> but there are so many podcasts out there on every topic under the sun. And if you are finding yourself with um, more time, either because you don't have a commute or with, uh, you know, the, the need to kind of take up a new hobby or use this time to research something or learn about something that you didn't have time to do before – then podcasts can be a great way of doing that. Um, And it can be something that brings you joy if you continue to subscribe and follow them even after this is over. 
Uh, we also recommend starting a gratitude journal. You know, this doesn't have to be a massive project. It can be just something that you write a couple lines in each day. Uh, and, and the things you're grateful for can be the tiniest things. Like, even if it's only, I, I only had to clean up two blowouts today instead of three. <laughs> like, whatever, you know, we'll be grateful for that. We'll take our wins where we get them. So, um, but then writing these things down and then looking back on them months later can be a real boon and can kind of show us that, yes, we are moving forward and good things are happening. You know, it's not, it's sometimes easy to get caught up, I think, in pessimism. Um, and uh, having a tangible reminder of the things that have gone right can be really helpful. And this may be the time to start that. And also, this is a great time to learn about or get involved with a cause that's dear to you. Uh, while, you know, like we said, like, while this will be helpful to others, it can be a really important component of your own self-care. There are, just like podcasts, there are so many causes out there that need assistance, um, that need people willing to get involved. And all it takes is a Google search, really. But it could make a, a really permanent difference in your life, especially if you remain involved once the pandemic is over. Mm-hmm. Right. So many people out there who could use that help. And it doesn't even have to be monetary. It could be a few minutes of your time or sending some emails or, you know, going out and volunteering. Yeah. And of course, you know, we have to recognize that a lot of our stress these days or forever, you know, comes from work, but particularly these days in trying to balance work with family and self-care when those lines are blurred, you know, if you're working from home Mm -hmm. or it's impossible to keep that stress from, you know, your outside work as you come home, you know, at bay. Um, so we would, you know, as you're thinking about kind of that work-life balance, that unicorn of work-life balance, mm-hmm. uh, we'd encourage you to listen to episode three in our podcast. We share some ideas there on how to make, you know, maybe your work schedule a little less stressful so that you can have more time for yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, after we've kind of thought about self-care from our own perspective, it also raises the question, how do we teach self-care to children? Um, Because, you know, this is a historic time for them as well. They've missed a lot of in-person school. They've been separate from most other children and many other adults in their lives. They've had their regular activities largely curtailed or canceled. and, And the world around them really changed almost overnight. So what things can we do to make sure that they remain emotionally resilient and healthy? Well, We always recommend encouraging imaginative or creative play. So things like make-believe, arts and crafts, however your kids kind of respond um, the best, but encouraging that ability to let their minds roam free and to think about new ideas and play with them in creative ways. These are all ways that they can uh, actually sort of gain mental rest as well as resiliency. And We also always say that it's important for us to model that downtime is okay. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. It is okay to let them know that they don't need to be running around 24 hours a day. Just lying on the couch or on the grass and thinking, it's a great thing to do once in a while. And something that a lot of us, I think, in Western culture typically did not have any time for before Mm -hmm. this all started. So. Wouldn't it be great if the quarantine helped all of us see the benefits of more downtime and whenever this is over, helped us um, return not to our previous normal, but maybe to a less overscheduled lifestyle? 
Yeah, I think that's so true, especially for weekends. I mean, we don't have all the birthday parties and the karate <laughs> and the swimming and all those things. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, rather than trying to fill that with like screen time or, you know, which, of course, like in moderation is fine. Um, but trying to maybe fill that with downtime and right. not really doing much of anything um, is, I, I agree, a great way to like model some self-care for kids. And then also just being active, again, kind of talking about exercise. Um, For kids, maybe this means like physical activity breaks during distance learning, if you're able to be with them or if someone's with them. Um, Getting up and doing 20 jumping jacks between their classes or, um, you know, just it can be something super simple if they're able to go outside and get some fresh air for a few moments, kind of keeping the, the blood moving is so important. And then, of course, you know, allowing kids to feel free to talk about their emotions. Um, You know, sometimes um, kids aren't, they're not always as verbal about their emotions, but you'll see it come out in other ways, you know, in tantrums or, um, or being withdrawn. So when you're seeing some of those red flags, kind of sitting the child down, and this kind of depends on age as well, um, but asking them questions about how they're feeling and what they're seeing and what they're hearing and how they're responding to all of that so that they can see that these emotions are common and they're normal. Right. Um, And then for kids also, you know, teaching them to prioritize sleep um, and showing them that you value it for yourself as well. So Mm -hmm. um, hopefully they're seeing, you know, grownups going to bed, getting up at, you know, at reasonable times. Um, We are models for our children. Um, And then, you know, keeping that sleep schedule with them um, is super important at this time as well. Totally. And, you know, a gratitude journal is a great project for children as well. They have um, things during their day that they can be thankful for. Uh, Another twist on that is a worry journal. If you feel that the kids in your life might be struggling with some anxiety um, surrounding all the changes that the coronavirus has brought, a worry journal where they write down the things that they're worried about and then keep it safe in that journal. So it's uh, it's now in the journal and they don't have to save space in their brains for it anymore can be really helpful in um, dissipating some of that anxiety and fear if uh, if they know that there's a, a safe place they can keep those worries and they can always go back and write more things. Um, and that's also helpful too sometimes when months have passed for them to be able to go back and look at things that they had worried about but ended up working out just fine. And lastly, instituting a mental health break during the day. It's a great habit to get children into, one that they can carry with them throughout life. And this can be particularly useful for kids who will be distance learning this year or this semester. Um, But just allowing them the freedom to have a certain time of day, maybe it's the same time every day, maybe it's not, but where they have 10 or 15 minutes to just stop thinking about school and uh, just just relax for a moment. You know, let their minds go blank, listen to some music, maybe do a brief meditation. It, they can help them really reap the rewards of it later if they know that they've kind of given their brain the rest that we always advocate for the body. I think that's such a great point. I, again, we fill our schedules and then we fill our kids' schedules all day long. <laughs> right. So we have to be really, I think, you know, um, 
like specific about like scheduling those breaks. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, if I just kind of expect that a break will happen, that I'll take it. <laughs> oh, when when the time comes, and then my magical thinking doesn't actually come to fruition. <laughs> you know, it's like it's frustrating. So I find you know for myself, and I think this is true for our children as well, that we have to actually schedule those times to so take true. a break during the day. And, you know, speaking of scheduling, this gets us to our physician mom life hack of the week. Um, We wanted to talk about some tips for getting in time for exercise. I know, again, we all like know and tell other people too that exercise is so important for your physical and mental health, uh, but it's not always easy to get it in. Mm -mm. Uh, So. (laughs) And for me, you know, it, it has to be in the morning before the like chaos of the Felucci household starts. So, and <laughs> I know, here. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm more likely to do it also if there are few barriers in the morning. So and I think that's true for everyone. The fewer barriers you have to doing something like exercise, the more likely you're to do it. So for me, I mean, getting dressed in workout clothes is a major barrier <laughs> at 6 a.m. So I actually go to bed in workout clothes the night before. Before I plan to take a walk or work out, so that all I have to do is put my shoes on and go. And, you know, and so smart. That's a smart hack, Lon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's also like the laziest thing, but it's so <laughs> it's the way that I can, you know, get up in the morning, open my eyes, and don't have that excuse of like, oh, I have to get dressed and turn on the light. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. Just kind of put your shoes on and go. Um, and then you know, of course, scheduling time for exercise. So. Again, for a lot of us, if it's not on a calendar or if there's not a schedule or if there's not a reminder to something like this, then it doesn't necessarily get done. Um, Right. Scheduling it is only half the battle, right? (laughs) Then have to respect that time and actually follow (laughs) your schedule. Um, Yeah. And again, I think that's why for a lot of us, exercising in the morning works better. By the end of the workday, like you're tired or... There have been yeah, more totally. chances, yeah, more chances for other things to fill that time. Um, so, you know, reducing those barriers, scheduling the time, and then also using an accountability partner. So that may be your spouse. It may even be your child. It may be a friend. Um, it, I think we often think about this as the person that you work out with, that you like go to the gym with, or um, but it doesn't have to be that. These days, it can be the person who texts you at six in the morning asking you <laughs> if you're up, if you've gotten your shoes on, if you're you know ready to go take your walk. Um, or it could be, again, like your, uh, your spouse who may not be working out with you because they have to watch the kids, but they can um, kind of encourage you. Um, and then um, you can let them know when you haven't done it. So that's the accountability piece. So they can encourage you to schedule another time. Because I do think that these things are not always easy to kind of depend on your own personal motivation, um, but for all of us to lean on one another um, to make sure that we keep each other healthy. That is a great set of tips. I totally agree. I think it is um, for for parents, for working parents especially, I think uh, squeezing in exercise is really challenging. So anything that makes that easier, I'm so happy we're sharing it. (laughs) Oh, yes. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We're always so grateful that you take time out of your day to join us um, and to listen to our episodes. And we would love it if you would follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we're at Hippocratic Hosts. And we would be forever grateful if you would review us in Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to join us next time. Until then, everyone, stay safe and take care of yourselves. 
Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers, and all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.